Well, Happy New Year to you. Even though we're three weeks in as I speak, it's still newish enough. So, Happy Newish Year, if that makes you feel better. And to start the new year outright, we have a very special treat for you here on the Isle of Misfits. That's the name of this here podcast, by the way. And, oh, yes, I'm Nancy Carmichael, by the way, your humble host and chief misfit. So, where was I? Oh, right, right, right. The special treat. A special treat, indeed, with our very first guest of 2021. I think that's the first time I've said that out loud. Um, But someone with some good news for you. And you could use a little bit of that right now, right? I think so. Um, And the good news is this. You are so worth loving. In fact, this very special guest is right here, right now, to talk about just that and wouldn't you know it, she wrote a book by that very title. Her name is Erin Eddy. The book is called So Worth Loving, How Discovering Your True Value Changes Everything. And now here's where I switch from third person to first and welcome you, Erin. Welcome to the Isle of Misfits. I am so honored to have you here to ring in this newest year. Oh, Nancy, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. I love I love the name of your podcast. Uh, I, when I saw that come up, I was like, yes, I'm there. Whatever I need to do. <laughs> oh, yay. Well, you know, the truth is, you know, we, we are a clarion call to all square pegs out there. But <laughs> here's the good news. And, and I look at this truly as good news. I think everyone, even the coolest cat on the planet at one time or another, feels like that misfit, feels like that square peg. So I think, you know, we all, we all at one point in our life or another can resonate with that. So that's why we're here. And that's why I have you here, because you have a great message that I'm, I really can't wait to get into. And But let's start here, because, you know, like every good uh, podcast host, I've read a little bit about you, read your bio. So you, my friend, Erin, you are a lot of things, right? You are what we call a creative, right? You're an artist, you're a singer, you're a social media guru, uh, clothing <laughs> designer, you know, you're an author, obviously. And aside, I, in fact, I, I hear you've, you know, you've hung out on, with Oprah or at least with her magazine. I don't know. Was Oprah involved oh, in that? Oh, just her magazine. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that might be coming. You never know. But you, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And you've been in some other cool places like CNN and MSNBC, lots of other magazines. Um, but Okay, so here's where I'm going to dive in a little bit. So aside from all that cool stuff, all the cool things in your resume, if I were to ask you to describe yourself, what would you say? Mm, I would say, okay, do I, do I have one word or can I do a couple words? You can do whatever you want. This is your show. Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. I would say scrappy. Scrappy. I like that. curious and compassionate scrappy curious and compassionate i'm writing that down that's i might steal that (laughs) not that i'm going to steal your identity or any or anything like that but yeah and i say scrappy i say scrappy because i um because i am like a jack of all trades i guess a creative um but i'm not like 
the best at every single trade. I'm just know how to to be scrappy in it and and, and do what accomplishes the mission. <laughs> right. You just get in there. I love that word scrappy. You never hear that word. I'm gonna I'm gonna be intentional and just use that word at least one more time today. Just gonna yes. work gonna work it into a conversation somewhere. So <laughs> and I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so Hold the phone for a second. We're going to put a little bookmark right there. We're going to come back to this. Okay. So, but this is this is another little segue. Uh, I gave you a little bit of heads up because anyone who listens to this show knows we love to play what I call a stupid game with my guests. So, with that in mind, so like I said, I've learned some things about you. So this is we're going to draw from your life experience, from your scrappiness, your curiosity, um, something that you mentioned early on in your book, which we're going to talk about. Um, you seem to know a little bit about Shania Twain. Am I right? <laughs> yes. Okay. I love Shania Twain. She loves Shania. So this game is going to be real easy for you. Here's what we're going to do. I'm just we're going to call this. Finish the lyric, Shania Twain edition. All right, I'm going to give you a couple songs. All you got to do is finish the lyric. Easy, right? Oh my gosh. Okay, I don't. Okay, I don't know if I get. Okay, let's do it. Let's just do okay. it. Okay, you can do it because you know what? There's really only two Shania Twain songs that I know well enough to play this game myself. So I picked those. So <laughs> that means that it, you know it got at least uh, ten thousand radio plays. So, okay. All right. So here we go. Here's the first one. I'm not going to tell you the name of the song. Just going to give you the lyric. Here we go. You're still the one I run to, the one that I belong to. You're still the one, dot, dot, dot. Oh, he's like, you're still the one I... There you go. Sing it. Sing it, sister. You're still the one I... (laughs) You're still the one I... Oh, oh. Want for life? Yes, you got it. That's it. That's it. (laughs) See, I knew you would know that one. And that's pretty much, yeah, I only know the chorus myself. So, all right, what well, you're doing one for one. We've got one more, okay? Okay, okay, okay. okay. I know you're going to know this one, too. All right, I'm just going to speak it. I'm not going to sing it, but you feel free to sing. That don't impress me much. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think you're all right, but what? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, 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 oh okay. I said, that don't impress me much. <laughs> uh, you think you're cool, but da, da, da. oh, how's that go? Oh, hold on, let me think. Okay, uh, let's see. That don't impress me much. I know you know it. I know this. Oh, wait, all right, so, well, all right I'll, I'll prompt you. So don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think you're all right. But that blah, 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 blah. That won't oh, uh, oh, keep me warm. Oh, no. Yes. Wait. Yep, yep, yep. Wait, you're, that won't you're there. In the... Tonight? Yes! Yes, 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 you got it. You got it. I knew you would get there. Good. Keep me warm on a long, cold night or something. You know what? I think she varies it, so both count. Yes, I think one time she says, (laughs) that won't keep me warm in the middle of the night, and then later on she does the long, cold. So, yes, you knew it. We just had to draw back. I know it's probably been a while (laughs) since you've heard the song, but it was all there in your long-term memory. So, good job. I love it. (laughs) okay all right all right so i got one more question but this one's really easy because there's no wrong answer favorite shania twain song Ooh, um i have of course man i feel like a woman oh right right i forgot about that one i love that song man i feel like a woman let's go girls (laughs) nice (laughs) 
And I'm so glad that you sang it. It made it so much better. Awesome, <laughs> awesome job. Well, you have, you've won. You are a winner. And here's the thing. This is my true confession. I, I used to give out mugs. Uh, I have Isle of Misfit official mugs. And uh, I'm not sure how many I have left. So if I have one left, I'll be sending you one. Or you'll just get yeah. something random from my house. So something's coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> little de-junking for the new year alright well congratulations excellent job and now we know a little bit more about you so let's go back we started talking about you you scrappy curious compassionate person you um, so let's I, I think this is a good springboard because this whole book is about talking not about you but you're talking about me and everybody listening about the you mm. that is ourselves um, and you know, we, we tend to define ourselves by our bios, right? Like what we've done, where we're from, blah, blah, blah. And that's natural, right? The first thing you ask somebody when you've met them is, so what do you do? And that's how we define people. Yes, that's so true. Right. So I don't know if we'll land here, but I want to camp here for a little while. Okay. Be- because, um, you know, your book, you're addressing this this issue. And I love how you address it because this, this issue of self-worth, it is... I think it's it's like it's treacherous ground in a way. It's a like a really narrow balance beam because on the one hand of that, you know, delving in to think about yourself, look at yourself, we've heard a lot about self-esteem and and all of that. So on the one hand we have, you know, self-absorption, narcissism, and then on the other hand we have self-loathing and, you know, self-hatred, so and just like avoiding ourselves. So so what you've attempted here, I think is very brave mm. to address ourselves. So I guess I want to start there, and I probably should have formulated this into a better question. I think I'll just start there. So tell us why you think this is so important. Like, because there's, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think it's important too, but in a world, in a world where there's so much about self, selfies, and, you know, so much focus mm-hmm. on self. Why do you think that, that this is an important message, what you have to say? Yes, that's a great question. Um, I think that when we learn how to process our own stuff, like our own self, when we learn to process like our wounds and our the agreements we've made, lives that we believe, we actually think of ourselves less. When mm-hmm. we think of ourselves, we start to think of ourselves less. And with selfies and like like self-absorption and narcissism, all of those are manifested because we think of our, we don't think of all of our wounds and our agreements and we don't face those things. So all of the um, self-absorption and narcissism is bred out of a lack of awareness. It's bred out of not um, facing things within ourselves. That's why those things manifest. So I, in, in order to, to love others and to serve and be in our communities and be better friends and better sisters and better aunts and uncles and brothers and um, wives and husbands, we have to do the work internally so that we can think of ourselves less, less and show up for the people in our lives that need us. Okay, so I that I think so resonates with me because one of my little core values and uh, I'm here on the Isle of Misfits is the very first one is own your awkward, and mm-hmm. to me that's that's exactly what you've just said. You know, it's not about just being self-obsessed and self-absorbed, but you have to start with facing who you are, because if you don't do that, then the rest of it, like, where are you going to go from there? 
You know, how, how can we how can we be set free from ourselves if we're not even facing ourselves? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, how can't, yeah, how can we? I, you know, I, I don't know. Have you ever experienced a time in your life where you're like, whoa, 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 like you're, how you view how you view yourself is starting to come out in your actions. I know I went through a time where the way I viewed myself was coming out in my actions. Like mm-hmm. the way I was a friend, the way that I was, you know, whether I was jealous or gossiping or if it was like, you know, I was drinking a lot and getting attention from guys, you know, all of that stuff was a byproduct to how I believed about like what I believed about myself. Have you ever experienced that or Oh my gosh. I'm aware of that. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. And I'll tell you I've always ex- I've also experienced not wanting to to address it, right? It's like <laughs> okay, yeah, I've got this little habit that I just can't, you know, whatever that I don't even want to face, let alone face what's behind it. But um yeah, like what you're talking about is so this idea of our behaviors tell us something about what we believe what we believe is true about ourselves, what we mm-hmm. believe is true about God. And that is absolutely true, but I think it's, it is, again, it's a scary proposition to go beyond the surface of our behavior. So it's safer to just deal with the behavior. Yes. 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 I heard someone say behavior modification is not healing. Now, be- behavior modification can lead us to healing, but it's not that we have healed some of the things that we need to face. And I thought that was really a powerful statement. I can't remember who said it, um, but it's well, true. Yeah, it's true. Well, and it just reminds me of something Jesus liked to say. You know, he would address the Pharisees who were all about behaviors, right? They did everything mm-hmm. right. They, all 614 tenets of the Levitical law, they tithed and they, you know, they, they just, they followed the law. So their behavior was spot on. But their hearts were not whole because they couldn't recognize mm-hmm. God in the flesh right in front of them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm. So, so yeah, so this thing about behavior, I mean, yeah, there are healthy behaviors, there are unhealthy behaviors, and they matter. But being brave enough to go beyond that surface to say, well, why do I keep doing this? What is, what is mm-hmm. it that I'm trying to fulfill? What is this need within me? That, mm-hmm. that keeps me doing this thing. There, I think it's in Psalm 116. It talks about, um, it talks about how God protects the simple hearted. Mm-hmm. And simple, by definition is um, honest, an honest heart. And I think that the Lord, and so many times scripture talks about how God, God looks at our hearts. Um, he doesn't look at our behavior. He looks at what our hearts are made of. And and then I love though in in, in Psalm one sixteen and there's a few other scriptures that talk about guarding the simple hearted. He he just wants us to be honest because if we're honest with him, he can he can work with that. But if mm-hmm. we're in denial, facing it, and we're just trying to modify our behavior and not we're we're missing the ability to we're missing the opportunity to have intimacy with the Lord, and that's what He wants with us is intimacy. He wants to to see that we are going to be honest with our heart, even if it looks icky, because the Scripture talks about heart being deceitful too. But yes. He wants to be honest about how deceitful it is, because He's not scared of it. He's so confident in Himself. He's so confident in what He's capable of and what He wants to do with us and how He's gifted us and wired us. He just wants to be a part of the process. Right, right. It's a launching point is what you're talking about because, yeah, if we're not honest with him, I mean, he already knows it, but he, he, 
you know, whether he he can do whatever he wants to do. So I won't get into that theological discussion, but he absolutely will not work with us if we're not honest. I mean, Jesus couldn't work where there wasn't faith, right? So I think faith begins with honesty. Honesty about, okay, this is where I am, God. This is my heart. Yeah, it's ugly, but I just want to, I just, I want to, I don't want to stay here because that this thing about owning your awkward, facing yourself, the whole point of it is not that we stay there. It's that we can move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, in fact, your book, you, you have these three sections in your book, right? You have look within, look without, look... Yeah, look in, look up, look out. Yeah. Right. And the look in section I wrote, in, and it was about, like, look look into your heart, like, Look into the choices that you're making. Look into how you view yourself. Look into how you are as a friend. Look into all of those things. For me, I I mean, my, my heart was pretty in a pretty dark hole. And so um, I got tired of being in that dark hole. So I had to look into it and then look up as, okay, so I have, I know all of this stuff. I'm, I'm, I have a new awareness. Where does God play a part in it? And what does he think about it? And then look out was, how do I protect it? And how, how do I protect this stuff that I'm now working on with the Lord? And then how do I also show up and and be a better friend to to somebody that needs to look in and somebody that needs to look up? Because if we don't look in first, we don't know our need. We don't know what to bring to God, right? And then we have to look up. It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And then he equips us so that we can look out, so we can fulfill our purpose in the world. So I love the order of that. Thank you. Yeah, so, okay, you started just telling a little bit about your story, but I kind of want to hear a little more. Like, can can you just tell us a little, just a little bit about your story? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, I I guess where would you want me to begin? Because I, I could share the story about how I started the company, or I could share the story about my heart just kind of being in a dark place. Um, I feel like maybe that's where I should start since I feel yeah because like I want both I want the other yeah. thing too okay. yeah but let's start let's yeah. start there okay um you know I I went through a divorce four years ago and I both prior to that I was you know I've owned my business so worth loving for 10 years and after going through my divorce um, it was very sudden to the community um, when I look back, it was not sudden to me. It was not sudden to the relationship, which nothing suddenly happens. Um, it's always a slow drip uh, of deterioration mm-hmm. in my mind, right. at least with with en- with anything. You know, you don't oh, that's suddenly true. become an addict. You don't suddenly, <laughs> you know, you know, you don't suddenly have an eating disorder. You don't suddenly none of that. It always manifests somewhere, and then it's a slow drip. And so, right. um, I found myself in a what would outside world see a sudden divorce and I just had low self-esteem and I was so insecure I felt so unlovable I felt undesired I felt um I and 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 I was stripped of any metric I found my self-worth in my -hmm. status my reputation a sense of community Anything that I found my self-worth in that was around me, was it was just gone. And, you know, I grew up in a, in a Christian household. Did I met my former husband when I was 17, got married when I was, you know, one month into being 21. I was, I was young, um, but I did all the right things. You save yourself for marriage. You do premarital counseling, all of those mm-hmm. things. So then I find myself right. divorced, feeling all the weight of where I found my self, sense of self-worth. And I 
just was angry at God. I I thought, Lord, where were you? Where were you in all of this? Like, where were you when this happened and this happened and this happened? And, and, um, and then I just decided, you know what? I've done your way, God. I did all the right things, you know, the behavioral mm-hmm. things. The, mm-hmm. I did all I did all the check boxes, and it led me here. So I'm gonna do my own way. I'm gonna go do my own way because the way that I did didn't work. It did not leave me with a fruitful life. It didn't give me the promises I thought that I was gonna have. And so I'm gonna go live my own life. And I was listening to podcasts that were just defying God and just exploring other other types of beliefs and um, getting really curious about that and and just w- kind of deconstructing my faith because um, I didn't think that God really existed. I was just kind of like, eh, now nah, I'm just going to live my truth. I'm going to own my truth, which is what we hear a lot, I feel like, these days mm-hmm. is right. own your truth. And, yep. and so I was a part of like, yeah, I'm going to own my truth. And then I found myself just sad I was depressed. I was um, heartbroken. I had been in a relationship that the guy broke up with me and I was just devastated. All my baggage came flying forward from my past. And I thought, well, th- my way's not working either. <laughs> mm-hmm. God's way didn't work and now my way didn't work. So mm-hmm. what is the option here? I just felt like a burden, Nancy. I felt like I just, I didn't want to exist. I didn't have a suicidal ideation or anything like that, but I just, but I didn't want to exist. I just felt like, man, if this is all life has for me, I'm just, I just don't want to be here anymore. I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. So I just fell into a more depressive state until I got tired of being in that state. And then that's when I started talking to God. And so some of the places in the book that you read where I'm just super sad and feel heavy are from those places of wrestling with, you know, God, are you there? Can you hear me? Where were you? Um, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you help me? You know, those types of things. And that, and then him kind of romancing me, which sounds kind of flowery, but it is true. Uh, <laughs> he romanced me in ways after I kind of surrendered to him. So your story sounds so familiar because what, what I'm hearing and extrapolating for myself is you said, I tried it God's way. Then I tried it my own way, and neither of those ways worked. But this is where the familiarity comes in, because I've had those those same thoughts myself in my own story. We think there's option A and option B, right? God's way and my way. And then somewhere along the way, we find out, well, maybe what I thought was God's way wasn't really God's way. Maybe it was my idea of God's way. Maybe I really (laughs) need to get to know this God who I thought I knew. Yeah. So it sounds like that's something like that happened to you. Yes, yes, it did. And I, you know, I think it's, and I think we all do that because we, um, maybe God is represented in a community of people, um, that maybe are like the Pharisees, you know, it's all about behavior Mm -hmm. and performance. Mm -hmm. And so we think God's like that. You know, when I was going through my divorce, I had a lot of friends that were Christians that judged me and they were, they, it wasn't that they was a healthy judgment. It was a, it was a outcasting. It was throwing just, uh, I just love um, the story of the woman being thrown in front of 
um, Jesus, the Pharisees throwing the woman in the court or in the temple. Oh, yeah. Yes. Jesus gets on his hands with her and yep. carves and says, you know, those without sin cast the first stone. Yep. I love that story because I felt like that woman. I felt like I was thrown to be judged. And so then I thought, if these Christians are 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 doing that to me, then God will do that to me too. That's mm-hmm. why I went the other direction because I thought there's no if they are representing His name, then that's who He is because they seem so self assured and so confident that that's who God is. And um, I love what you said because it's it is it's I was thinking that God was a certain way. I needed to get to know Him and then learn actually. I can do life with God. It's not God's way or my way. It's me and the Lord doing things together and and kind of walking through and kind of rebuilding uh, my relationship with him. I learned that I had it all wrong in the first in the first place. Um, he w- he's always wanted to do life with me. I just thought I had to uh, do life for him instead of with him. Right. I you know and that's I love that you said that because I actually I have another friend who I've spoken to on this podcast who's talked about that and he he wrote a book about it that the idea you know we as Christians even you know as good Christians we want to do the right thing so we want to do everything for God oh look what I've done for you Jesus look what I've done I've done this I've done that I've done that all these things that we think we're doing for God when the whole time the real God not the one that we've created in our mind is inviting us to do it with Him right because yes. Jesus promised us He promised. The disciples who didn't, you know, they had to wait for this, but we don't have to wait. Once we, once we have really given ourselves over to Jesus, we're not doing anything for him. We're literally doing it with him because in him we live, we move, we have our being. He, Christ within us, right? The hope yes. of glory. And the way I look at it is, it is God's way, not my way, but because it's the the real God versus mm-hmm. my idea of God, but it's also not just him or me. Now it's both of us because Christ in me. So now I want to do things God's way because I'm really getting to know who he is. Yes, and it is such a fun adventure when you do it with him. <laughs> There's a book called With, and it's by Sky. is it Jathani? Yeah. Uh, um, that, I don't know if that's the book you're referring to, but that book is so good, and it definitely... Um, I just recently read it like like a month ago. Um, but it's so good. It, that's exactly, it talks about reimagining a relationship with the Lord. It is the most important mental shift that we could have to say, to go from, well, I'm on my own and trying to be like Jesus to no, 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 no. That's, it's so much better than that. It's, we, he literally embodies us when we, when we get it and we meet him. So you talked about, you know, this idea of own our truth, right? So this, our culture is all about own your truth. What's your truth versus, but, you know, that's so different from the idea of, Oh, you're awkward, as I would put it, or facing yourself, you know, as mm-hmm. you put it, that, that that is our launching point. So we start there, we learn who God is, we look up, and then we can start to look out, which is the best news of all, because that's what we were created for. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, that's so good, Nancy. There's so much more. Um, in fact, I just want to pull out just one quote, because I loved it, I loved it. Let me see. Oh, this is this is it. There is work to be done, and if we don't gently walk toward it, it will mm-hmm. inevitably bubble up 
and show up and show itself without our choosing. They will. It's like I said, the it's the slow drip, you know. And that's what's community, like healthy, safe community, people that are, you know, really rooted in their faith, doing life with God, not for God, not from God, but doing doing life with people that can keep us on track and help us with identifying that slow trip. You know, it, things will inevitably come out in our actions because we are just with childhood wounds, with trauma, with insecurities, with the heaviness of the world. We're just not, I'd like to think that we are, but we just aren't strong to do it by ourselves. And so doing it with God and with safe people helps us keep us on track from not drifting in um, in areas and down paths that we don't want to be in, where we don't all of a sudden wake up going, whoa, how did I get here? That right. sudden, that certainty, you know, um, that slow drip can be stopped. Mm-hmm. And okay, and you just said something. So I want to ask this one question, then I want to kind of go on to, and talk about um, this clothing line, which we haven't even delved into yet. But you, you, you mentioned you said the, the term "safe people." So I think that's important too. We could spend a whole podcast just talking about that. So knowing who to trust, right? Starting with knowing that we can trust Jesus, right? He's our safest. He is the safe place. But then knowing how to surround ourselves with people that we can trust. It almost seems impossible. It seems it's daunting for sure. So let me just ask you, do you have benchmarks for that? Is that something you think about? Is there, you know, when you're maybe even entering into new relationships or assessing the ones that you have, how do you know who's a safe person? Mm, so good. Well, there's a book called Safe People that's really, really good to help you kind of identify that. Dr. Henry Cloud talks about it. For me, mm-hmm. the, the, some of the things that I've identified with safe people, It first off, it's the, what is the season of life that you're in? Because you are more impressionable um, for people to give you input and for you to take it. So for me, I identified, okay, I'm just surrounding myself with people that kind of are enabling my behavior. They're not really Mm -hmm. helping me get out of my behavior, but they're telling me things that make me feel good. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's identifying there's a difference between, you know, somebody sitting, sitting with you in your, in your circumstance, but not enabling you. And then somebody that is sitting with you and enabling you because they kind of enjoy that you're there. But when you start to get, when you start to make change, when you start to get your footing, you might notice the friendship shifting a little bit because misery loves company. And misery is not, you sometimes don't even identify what misery is, especially if they make you feel better. So a safe person is somebody that will sit with you when you are, um, when you're struggling and they show you compassion and grace, but know that you can become better. And they, and because of that, they have done that themselves. I, I talk about in the book, honest people are not scared of your honesty. Um, if somebody has been honest with themselves, have done the work within themselves, they can sit with you for however long. They can give you some tough love, but they, at the end of the day, know who you are and who you can become. To me, that is a safe person. And I had to identify who's the person that's enabling my behavior because they're miserable and we both are enjoying each other and we're, you know, they call it trauma bonding. Sometimes we can bond with people in our trauma, but to the point that the friendship doesn't exceed past that can almost keep you in the same space. Yep. Or 
there's people, yeah, yep. <laughs> or there's people that will, yeah, just know that you are capable of so much more. They're not going to judge you and make you feel more shame than you already do, but they are going to hold you to a higher purpose. That yeah. is a safe person for me. Yeah. Oh, I love that definition. I love that litmus test. And, you know, I'm laughing because when I went, yep, <laughs> right away it was like, okay, you know, I don't know. I'll just speak for myself. It's so easy to say, yeah, I don't want that person around me. I don't want the enablers around me. But then I think, how often have I been that person? And I hate to think about that. I hope that I haven't. But, um, hey, you know, it can't always be the other person, right? So, um, yeah. And I for sometimes, sure have. Yeah. I yeah. Sh- yeah, sorry. Yes, I for sure have been that person, too. <laughs> Yeah, and and that's just it. That's what dysfunction does, or like you said, misery. It, it attracts, right? We and that that trauma bonding. Wow, that's that's another term. So uh, scrappy and trauma bonding. I got that's my challenge for the day. Going to work those into the conversation. Um, but but yeah, because you know. There again, there's that pendulum or that balance beam I talked of earlier. On the one side of that narrow beam are people that are going to condemn you and shame you, and you shouldn't, and nobody wants to be around them, right? Because they're toxic. But then there's the other people that, oh, yeah, you know, life is hard, and you didn't deserve that, and I don't blame you for feeling that way and staying exactly where you are so that I don't have to get out of my pit either. So let's just stay here together. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but you said the safe person, I, I wrote it down while you spoke, the safe person will sit with you when you're struggling, they'll show you compassion and grace, but they know that you can be better, and they want to be better too. Mm-hmm. So that's that's an awesome definition. Aaron, we've that, only, yeah, oh, go uh, ahead. No, go ahead, what'd you say? <laughs> no, 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 you, you first. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, that's, I was just going to reaffirm what you said. I mean, that's it, it's, the friend, because the thing is, is a friend that is walking with you during your stuff doesn't see you as like a safe person doesn't see you as a case, too. Yeah, like there's, you know, like you're not the case. They know who you are and who you can become. The safe person is the one that doesn't see you as that person, that case. Because then they're the person that wants to make you feel like you are your circumstance is not a safe person. They want to keep mm-hmm. you there, you know. Right, they want, right. they almost find enjoyment in your pain, which is mm-hmm. like it's self medicating for them because there's some stuff that they haven't faced. Oh, exactly. Oh my gosh, exactly. You know, or case, or you know, or then there's the the project friends that you know see you as a project and make you know oh. their their goal is to to feel better about themselves by working on you so that they don't have to work on themselves. So exactly. there's so there's so many yeah. So many levels out there, and and again, of course, I've never done that. I've never done any of these things. It's always me. But um, oh, but Eric, gosh, there's so much more to talk about. We've only scratched the surface. But um, before yeah, before I let you go to the rest of your life here, um, I want to hear a little bit uh, about this clothing line that you have because I know it's like, but yeah. So what do clothes have to do with all this? Yes, Um, I was an art director by day at a nonprofit and. Um, I was pursuing music at the time by night, just recording albums and licensing my music. And then I wanted to create some sort of product for my fans that liked my music. And so the words, so worth loving came to my mind. 
And I just thought that is so much bigger than my music. Like this is some, maybe something else. But I just, as any any creative or entrepreneur, you just kind of go down the path of exploring. And I looked at see if if it was already existing. I was like, maybe this is already existing. Maybe I've seen it before, and I'm just to my subconscious. Like I'm this is mm-hmm. just a subconscious thought, and it wasn't. And I thought, man, I wish I could afford. I wish I could afford to print T-shirts, but you know, I'm an artist, and um, I'm a you know, my day job doesn't pay a ton. And, you know, at the time I was married and we were a young married couple. And so I didn't have any financial capital to like set out to print t-shirts and I wasn't looking for an investor because I wasn't trying to start a business and not that, and I don't even think that you need an investor to start a business, but I just wasn't, that just wasn't even on my radar. So I decided what, I wonder if people would mail me their shirts. Like if I asked them to mail me their personal t-shirt, I'll spray paint that. They, they are so worth loving with fabric. I love paper that. That is so, yeah, that's so unique. So clever. <laughs> and personalized. Like that, it dries. Exactly. Yeah. Personalized. So I started receiving, I started receiving, uh, I put my home address on my music blog and I just started receiving people's uh, t-shirts that I didn't know from all over the world. And they wanted me to spray paint that they are so worth loving. It just said so worth loving with cardboard stencils that I duct taped and fabric spray paint and I just started mailing mailing them their shirts and then I did that for eight months and I would go into my day job and I was just like I want to do this forever this is this is what I think I'm supposed to do is remind people they're worthy of love and you know truthfully I think when I look back it's I wanted so badly to be told that I was worthy of love and that's really Mm. young which is what I kind of get back Mm -hmm. into the book about and um, I share in the beginning of the book some of my agreements, and that's where I share about the Shania Twain story and my performance mm-hmm. mentality, mm-hmm. and then being in a marriage that I I just felt very alone with somebody, and there were some things in our marriage that just brought that out. Also, it's just like the the enemy just really wanted to get at me since I was young, and so, anyways, all to say, I decided I'm going to quit my day job, screen print some shirts, to save some money, my my you know, husband at the time, we both were like, let's do this. So I did it, quit my job. And 10 years later, it's a lifestyle company. We promote self-worth and self-love. We say we want to bridge the gap between not talking about our struggles and talking about it. We've seen people have conversations around apparel when they wear the shirt. It activates a conversation at coffee shops and gas stations. And um, and it's, it's also something, it's like a token that you can buy for a friend that's going through something that you really, maybe you don't know what to say, but you do want to tell them that they're worthy of love. And it, it, whether it's a breakup or like we talked about earlier, like a, an addiction or just in therapy for some stuff that they haven't faced. Um, we've just seen people use this product as a way to to remind others that they're worth loving. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what, that's what So Worth Loving is. <laughs> I love that story. I love how you started. That was so original. I'm like, don't, why did I think of that? So I promise I won't steal your idea. Um, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll spray spray paint Own Your Awkward and send that out into the world. Um, <laughs> I love it. But, you know, I think, you know, I see this in so many, like, just the idea of, of giving this as a gift, right? Because I'm thinking, all right, would I wear a T-shirt if somebody gave it to me that said so worth loving? And just the the act of wearing a T-shirt like that or anything that has that on it is a brave act, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. But, well, because it's, because, you know, you do feel 
and we've heard this before, like some people are like, I wouldn't buy it for me, but I would buy it for somebody because Mm -hmm. there's this unfortunate stigma of arrogance attached to saying that you're so worth loving, which is exactly what the enemy wants us to believe is that it is arrogant to believe you're worthy of love. You're worthy of God's love. And God is like, that's why I sent my son Jesus down to live as man, to in, to absorb all illness, disease, pain, and then to die for it. Of course, like the enemy wants us to not believe that we aren't worthy of that type of radical love that the Lord showed um, as man. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because as you're saying this, I'm like having all these these little epiphanies pop off in my mind. Like, yeah, that is the enemy's tactic. He is brutal. The the tactic is, oh, it's arrogant to believe that you're worth loving. So instead, let me get you self-absorbed in all these other ways, right? And yeah, it's, it's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit because he wants to keep us from the truth, which is we're worth loving, not because of anything that we've done, not even because of who we are um, in and of ourselves, but because we look up and God tells us that we're worth loving, period, because he says so, period. Yes. And that's why we're worth loving. That's right. Mm. So, what a powerful message. I love it. I love it. I love this clothing line. I love this book. And I know, like, you're so gracious. You're talking about other books, but we're here. We're here to encourage people. <laughs> to get this book because I'm only a few chapters in and I'm already like I can't wait to read the rest of it the book is called So Worth Loving How Discovering Your True Value Your True Value Changes Everything so Erin tell us where we can find this book how we can get your clothes how we can find you yes go to soworthloving.com and when you go to soworthloving.com you can find our clothes and the book where I'm also in I'll, I'll like the major um, bookstores that you could Google. So Amazon, Christian, uh, Christian Books, uh, uh, Barnes & Noble, Target. Um, but if you go to SoWorthLoving.com, that will connect you to all of those places too. You can also find us at SoWorthLoving on Instagram. And then my personal is at Erin Eddy, E-R-Y-N-E-D-D-Y. And you can go to ErinEddy.com too to find the book there as well. Awesome. Okay, so we've been armed with all the ways to get in touch, to get this book, to uh, pass on this really, really important message of why we're so worth loving. Um, I'm looking you up on Instagram right after I hang up the phone, just so you know. But Erin, thank you so, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today, and just hey, you are welcome anytime. All you got to do is knock on the misfit door and come on in. Yes, thank you so much, Nancy. It was such an honor. I loved our conversation. I hope it is fruitful for everyone listening right now and anybody that is wrestling with believing they're worthy of love. Just be so gentle to yourself when you look in because it's scary, it's messy, but you can do it with God. Amen. Be gentle to yourself because that's how God is. Thank you, Aaron. God bless you. Thank you, Nancy. So just in case you didn't get the memo, you, my friend, are so worth loving. And it's not just because Erin Eddy thinks so, but hey, since she did write a whole book about it and emblazoned it on an entire line of apparel, you might just want to check it out. And a great place to do that is at ErinEddy.com. That's E-R-Y-N. 
eddy.com. And a great place to explore your inner misfit is at isleofmisfits.com. I-S-L-E of misfits.com. That's my website where you can hear great podcasts like these, read my misfit blog, and there's even a gallery of beauty because that's one of our three core values, don't you know? Own your awkward, love your fellow misfit, and seek beauty and truth everywhere because it really is everywhere. So I hope to see you there.